Good morning, I'm Reese Tebow from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202. It's Tuesday, December 29th. James is out for the holidays, but I'm here again with the stories you need to know. In today's news, U.S. air travel set a pandemic record this weekend. And in Georgia, two hotly contested runoff races will decide control of the U.S. Senate next week. Will moderate Republicans who rejected President Trump in November turn out for the GOP this time? But first, the big idea. In any relay race, a smooth pass of the baton is paramount. As far as the United States government is concerned, the presidential transition is that moment when both runners have their hands on the cylinder. Except it's supposed to last for weeks, as one administration seamlessly acquaints the next with the business of running a country. Except, as we've learned over the last four years, almost everything is different with this president. Amy B. Wang and Jenna Johnson have been following the story. On Monday, President-elect Biden accused the Trump administration of obstructing the transition of power, effectively playing keep-away with that baton. In his most pointed remarks on the matter yet, Biden said Trump and his political appointees were throwing up roadblocks, preventing the incoming administration from being fully briefed, especially on matters of national security. Biden specifically called out the Office of Management and Budget and the Defense Department as agencies where political leadership was giving his team trouble. Biden said of the resistance, quote, Right now, we're just not getting all the information that we need from the outgoing administration in key national security areas. It's nothing short, in my view, of irresponsibility. Biden warned that the delays could allow American enemies to take advantage of vulnerabilities, citing the massive security breach that compromised several U.S. agencies earlier this month. And with less than a month before Inauguration Day, Biden has been preparing to tackle the two gargantuan challenges he'll face when he takes office, ending the coronavirus pandemic and rebuilding the economy. All the while, he has faced remarkable resistance from Trump, who has refused to concede and continued attempting to overturn the election results. In his Monday remarks, Biden said most government agencies have shown exemplary cooperation with his transition team. He said the obstruction has come from political appointees, not career professionals. The cost of being unprepared, of dropping that baton, is obvious, Biden said. He pointed to the pandemic's mounting death toll as a prime example. And that's the big idea. Here are the two other stories that should be on your radar. Despite weeks of increases in coronavirus cases and hospitalizations, more Americans traveled this past weekend than at any other time during the pandemic. Public health experts are warning that this is a signal that yet another surge could be on the horizon. My colleague Brittany Shamus and I reported this story. The Transportation Security Administration says it screened more than 1.2 million passengers Sunday. Travel is down 55 to 65 percent compared to pre-pandemic times, but Sunday marked the highest number of travelers since mid-March and the sixth time in 10 days. The daily volume has exceeded 1 million people. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, says he's afraid of what might stem from widespread holiday travel and gatherings, saying there's potential for a, quote, surge upon a surge. 
Fauci said he believes the worst of the pandemic lies ahead, especially following the winter holiday season. He says an increase in cases could overwhelm already stressed healthcare systems. And with New Year's Eve looming, the CDC has reiterated calls for Americans to celebrate the holidays at home. The agency repeated earlier warnings that travel and gatherings could increase the risk of transmission, suggesting people host virtual countdowns or ring in the new year as a neighborhood, with families celebrating in front of their homes. Staying home, the CDC says, is the very best way to protect yourself and others. Our final story comes to us from Cleve Woodson, who's reporting from Georgia. The mailings read like a greatest hits list of Republican attacks on Democrats. Radical socialism, one warns. American dream destroyed. Another predicts that $93 trillion will be spent on the Green New Deal. In an ordinary year, such arguments may have worked on voters in the sprawling suburbs of metro Atlanta, where both parties are focusing gobs of time, money, and attention ahead of Georgia's two runoff elections on January 5th, which will determine control of the Senate. But this year, there is a slice of voters who may prove tougher to persuade. Unlike Trump's die-hard supporters or the state's Democratic base, this group of voters is less talked about, but just as significant. They are moderate Republicans, numbering in the tens of thousands, who either rejected Trump or just stayed home in November. And that group is now seen by both parties as a critical block in future elections, including in what is expected to be a razor-thin finish in Georgia's Senate contests. These voters do not fit the image of the MAGA-hat-wearing Trump backers who attend the president's rallies or buy into his conspiracy theories. And while they tend to be conservative on economic issues and skeptical of the most left-wing democratic ideas, their distaste for Trump has left them without a clear political home. At least for now. The race pits current Senators David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler against John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock. All signs so far point to intense voter interest. About 2.1 million people have cast ballots since early voting began December 14th. And by the end, both races may top the list of the most expensive Senate contests ever. Interested parties have spent nearly half a billion dollars trying to persuade voters. And it's still too early to tell whether it has worked. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, December 29th. I'm Reese Tebow. Thank you for listening. Thank you.